Hello and welcome to the Anton Podcast, where we talk all about elevating our mindset, wellness routines, and style in simple but authentic ways. So much so that people are going to be like, wow, I want to be glowing just like them. I'm your host, Anthony Tamiza. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is episode three. What I really love about doing this podcast bi-weekly, it really helps me realize how much can happen in two weeks. It seems like it's at least a year that goes by <laughs> between every time that I'm recording or posting this. And it's really cool just to see how much we pack into life within a few weeks. If anything, this podcast is going to be like a digital audio diary for me to look back on one day and to be like, wow, this is what was going on. On the last episode, I was explaining a situation that happened that was a little negative. And normally, I don't really share negative things publicly. And luckily, I don't really experience so many negative things. But I just felt like, why not share it on this platform that is mine? And thank you for those that reached out and that shared your frustration in the matter. <laughs> I'm certainly like over it. It's all good. But thank you for listening and thank you for the support in that. And on that note, happy Pride Month. I'm celebrating Pride Month this year by releasing a free 10-minute training video each Friday. You might have seen that on my Instagram. All you have to do is comment on my social media post and I'll send you the link. But as a listener of my podcast, I'm going to give you access here. So if you head to anthonytamuza.com slash pride month, the link is in the show notes. All you have to do is enter your email address and you'll get access to my training videos there. They're basically all about just becoming closer to the real version of you. And so please go check that out. But anyway, what happened to hello? How are you? My name is... Anyone know this reference from Real Housewives of Atlanta? What's going on, everyone? Episode three. I'm thankful for all of you who are riding with me on this journey. Seriously, so thankful for you as a listener. I hope that this has been a fun listening experience. I know I'm having fun delivering the episodes, and I just want it to feel like I'm right in the room with you or talking with you on your car ride. So let me know if you're enjoying the show. Leave a review. I would love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate all the feedback you're sending me. If you are so inclined, give me a nice rating. That would mean so much. And today is my first guest episode on the podcast. So I'm going to keep this segment of just me talking kind of short right now because I want to hop into it. And today's guest is Millie Fox. She is a manifestation coach and a friend of mine. And manifestation has kind of become this really big thing. There's concepts of it that really aren't so new it's just become such a buzzword or like a go-to slang nowadays people just saying they're going to manifest anything and i think that's really watered down the true power of what actually manifestation is so before we get into the interview i want to share with you this practical example of a time that i felt i actually manifested properly i mentioned in the first episode that i competed for a spot on stage at that conference last fall i just knew that the spot had to be mine the second that it was announced. So here's what I would do. I would close my eyes, picture the moment of me winning that contest. So hearing my name being called. And then I would imagine all of the things that I would have to do to be able to get to that moment. So working backwards, practicing, memorizing, sharing it with others for feedback, sitting down and writing it, practicing it and being frustrated. I would do all of those things that are realistic for how I would be able to get to that moment. So I'd picture myself doing all of those things. And when I 
did get that spot and it did happen. I continued that process every day until the actual conference because I had to turn a two-minute talk into 15 minutes. Each day, I continued that habit. I'd picture myself on stage, receiving applause, and then working backward. So that's my experience with manifesting. That was just last year, and I've been implementing different elements of that into my day-to-day. And so my guest, Millie, here today is going to get real about manifesting. She's a ball of energy. She's grounded and she's not going to give fluff, I promise. So let's get into the interview, but in typical Anton podcast style, make sure you stay till the end of this episode for my authenticity hack. Let's get into the interview. Welcome to my first guest interview on the Anton podcast. I am joined by the incredible Millie Fox. Millie, thank you for being my first guest on the show. It means so much to me that you're here. I'm so happy to be your first guest. I'm so happy to be here. Well, Millie, as my first guest, when I was prepping for this yesterday, I was about to request a bio, but then I thought, I was like, no, 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 no. What I want to do with my guests, and I hope this is fine with you and fine with my future guests, I want Mm -hmm. to introduce you and my guests to my listeners based off how I know you. So I'm going to give you Ah. a quick little bio based off my own interpretation, and then I'd love for you to give your reaction and fill in any missing flakes. I'm so into it. Love it. Okay. Okay, so here's my shot. Introducing Millie Fox, a manifesting maven, lover of luxury, and helper of women to become high achieving and reach their full potential. She's a successful entrepreneur, working one-on-one and working with her clients in a group program setting as well. As a fantastic coach, Millie also has incredible success on social media, including Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook accounts that I'm always so, I shouldn't be shocked because you do great things, but I'm always so impressed by you will always get good vibes from Millie and her posts and stories on Instagram and her dance parties when they pop up on her stories, keeping you high energy. But what I love about Millie is that she keeps it real. She's not afraid to give you peeks into her life that are relatable, the ups and the downs, and she takes you along those rides, which to me is so important in a coach, a professional, or especially in a manifestation expert, because the naive mind or the critical mind might just say, well, why can't we just manifest our way out of these tougher times? And maybe you can, and Millie Fox is here to tell you all about it. Millie, how did you like that? I think that was amazing. So good. I I always love that. The identity is so fascinating to me, you know, Mm -hmm. like I I just love the concept of identity in general, whether that be self-investigation or helping other people investigate their identities. So I always have trouble like writing my own bio Mm -hmm. because I'm like, oh, what do I say? I'm I'm so complex. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. There's so much to capture in a bio, right? Right? And I think we're yeah. our own worst critic. Yeah. And we overthink. I'm a classic overthinker. So that's why I have trouble with it. But it's always like very refreshing to hear other people's sort of like summary of, you know, what you do and and, and who you are. Actually, I did something recently that was an interesting exercise because I've been dating. exciting ups and downs talk about ups and downs yeah I'm fresh on the dating scene just out of a marriage since I I was actually since I was 19 so it's like whole new world out here I had asked somebody like I asked the question which is funny because I didn't know how to answer it for my own self so I was like I better go and, and figure this out so I asked what are three words that your friends and family would use to describe you and then I was like geez what are the three words my friends and family would use to describe Right. Me. So I one. actually just 
asked like I don't know seven or eight people who are closest to me I was like what three words did you use to describe me just like off the cuff and it was a really interesting exercise to get that feedback of how other people view you right yeah anyways it's it's very relevant to manifesting as well and did you get those three words I got a plethora of words there were there were a few that were um like along the same sort of theme for sure that came up but it was yeah it was very it was very nice because you know you get it's like you know you you're getting some compliments there that's so funny you say that because it's actually something in one of the workshops i ran earlier in the year i encouraged the audience to with finding purpose like interview your five closest people in your life or the people you Mm -hmm. work with and get them to reflect back to you what it Mm -hmm. is that you're talented at and so i think Mm -hmm. that's great that you did that because sometimes we just forget what we're best talented at right yeah or what we're kind of like known for you know Absolutely. And Millie, I wanted to go back to the first day we met because this is the wild part to me, Millie, is that we met only once in person, but Mm -hmm. we've done such a good job at keeping in touch and just following each other's journeys. But do you remember that Saturday in September at that conference when we first met? Oh, yeah, I definitely do. It was a great day. It was fantastic. So... For everyone listening, Millie and I met at this conference called the Archangel Summit in Toronto, and it was full of incredible speakers. We were both there supporting two of our colleagues and and mentors and trainers who facilitated our coaching program who were speaking. And Mm -hmm. I remember, Millie, that day I was so sick. I was like, had just a cold. I wasn't feeling it. And I was almost not going to come because I was just really like had a fever and all that. But it's always those moments when you feel like you don't want to do something. I remember showing up and... Laura, who we both know, was like, Anthony, this is Millie. Like, you're going to sit beside her today. And I was like, perfect. I just need to sit down and like get my bearings. And then I was like, oh, your energy, Millie, it just captivated me and made me forget about being sick because we just connected right off the bat. It was so fantastic. Yeah, we totally did. Yeah, it was a great day. And I was so happy to be seated next to you as well. It was awesome. And that day, we also, which I think is a highlight for both of us, getting to see Danielle Laporte speak. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yes. Details. She's fantastic. It was, and you actually got a photo with her, which was so cool. I totally ran up to her during lunch. Yes, I did. So Millie, I've seen all the great stuff that you're up to through socials and keeping in touch that way. And you are a manifesting expert. And I wanted to start there because for some people or nowadays, people will often say like, I'm just going to manifest this. I'm going to manifest that. Oh, I want a new job. Well, why don't you just manifest it? And Mm -hmm. I think the awareness that manifestation is out there and is an option for people is great. But do you find there's something lacking when people just off the cuff say that without working with someone like you or without doing some of the deeper work? What I think is when people say, oh, I'll just manifest it, it's almost like a a cop out. What I hear when people say that is almost like I don't believe that is possible for me. And the reason why I hear that or believe that is because it's almost kind of like, yeah, it's just going to fall out of the sky for me if it's meant to be. You know, they kind of give their power away to manifestation Mm -hmm. um, in some senses. Or, you know, if there are people who are really dedicated and they have a practice, um, an actual intentional manifestation practice, the other thing that can happen that I see often is like, is really intense overthinking about it and obsession about it, which ultimately it just puts you into a state of resistance, right? So on the one hand, either you actually have like a severe lack of belief or on the other hand, you 
you're just in really controlling and forcing energy so it's about finding the balance like i think people who have a good understanding of manifestation know it's about walking this sort of middle ground where you believe but you're still also able to remain detached and it's not an easy line to walk and the problem that i see most in the manifestation world is that there's a lot of vague platitudes thrown out there about like getting into alignment and becoming a vibrational match and just sink into belief it's like okay those things all sound really nice right but how do i I do that when I have all of these really real human emotions like anxiety and feeling desperate and clingy and you know hopeless maybe well you saying that brings me back to something that I've seen you post and you talk about in manifesting you need to know who you are and what you want how does that fit into this world where it's just like the clickbait the big fluffy terms like you broke it down in such a brilliant way do you think people really miss out on those two points and why are they so important I think that people go about it backwards right they they first they think about what they want, but they don't really do it from a place of values or a place of true authentic identity. There's actually a quote that I love that just outlines this really well. And I can pull it up real quick because I know exactly where yes, to find it. Yes, let's do it. Because I reference the quote pretty often and it's, I, I found it inside of the gifts of imperfection and anybody who knows me knows that that book is my Bible and mm. it's by Brene Brown and she, she really truly does inspire the way that I teach manifestation, mm-hmm. which at first glance you might be like, huh, what? But it's about becoming a whole human, a wholehearted, authentic human first and foremost, which is why I always say like, we need to figure out who you are. So here's the quote, it's by Margaret Young. She says, often people attempt to live their lives backwards. They try to have more things or more money in order to do more of what they want to do so they'll be happier. The way that it actually works is that you must first be who you really are, then do what you really need to do in order to have what you want. Wow. Which I love so much because it shows why people will manifest and then they'll get their manifestation or maybe they won't, but let's just say they do. They get their manifestation and it doesn't feel the way they wanted it to feel, right? Mm -hmm. So then they don't sink into the present moment of actually having what they said that they wanted, right? There's this expression I think I've heard several times. It's like, you know, the life you're living now was once what you really wanted, right wow such power in that it's just not realizing that you've arrived somewhere you previously had hoped for yeah and so that's the problem is that we say we really want these things but they're not really grounded in who we are necessarily like a lot of times it's the thing we think we should want and that's how people end up with these lives you know the house the car the job Mm -hmm. the marriage and they go but i still feel empty right right That's why that happens is because they were never in touch with who they were along the journey and they weren't creating their desires lists from a place of their authentic, heartfelt, actual desires. They're just kind of looking around outside of them and going, well, you know, this is what I should want. So this is, Mm -hmm. this is what sounds right. So that's what I'm going to go for. So when you work with people, Millie, or you see people 
doing this type of work, do you notice that there's an initial disconnect of exactly what you just highlighted, that people aren't in tune with that authentic piece of who they are and they really Mm -hmm. don't know what they want? It's just more so what society has kind of told them that they should get? Yeah, it's society or it's like your peers, you know, it's social media, right? Like it's what you see going on around you, what's trending, you know, that kind of stuff. And I do see a severe disconnect and idea of knowing who you are is a big concept to break into right yes the question who are you well look at me I can't even write my own bio (laughs) right so that's why the way I teach in my course the first module is who are you like that literally is the the name of the module I've broken the identity into three parts which I call your source identity Mm -hmm. your human identity and your vortex identity and I think it's a way for people to be able to dive into different parts of who they are uh, to start making it more approachable Mm -hmm. in answering that question so your source level self is like your consciousness your soul your connection to everything else right it's like that spirit that god-given yes you know we are more than just something higher Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't have a regular practice with connecting um, to connect with that part of themselves so we start there it's just so so important for tapping into yes you know, energy and support and knowing that you are guided and you're not alone. And, you know, there's, there's a greater purpose. The outcomes of having that like spirituality are just magnificent for not just manifestation, but like outcomes in life, period, resilience and confidence and so many different things that we got so far away from valuing, you know, the traditional old school view of spirituality which was religion right like the church we got so far away from that that so many people are kind of lost in terms of their own spiritual practice and i personally think that that's one of the major reasons for the massive amounts of you know depression and Mm -hmm. uh lack of um purpose that a lot of people feel but that's a whole other conversation Absolutely. I agree, though. I do agree. But yeah, we could totally open that up. <laughs> yeah, right. And then and then the second part of our identity that I, I talked about was the human level of identity. And this is like, you know, your personality, all of the coping mechanisms that you've gathered, your ego, your shadow, uh, your preferences, your values, like anything that's playing out here in this 3D physical reality, that's the human level of your identity. And a lot of people get separated from that because they feel like they should be this way or should be that way, or they have these aspects of their personality that they deem undesirable and their partner doesn't like this thing about them or whatever it is. It's about really getting into what do you like? What's important to you? Right. You know, what feels good to you? And getting back in touch with that, your hobbies or things you want to pursue, like adding to your day to day experience, you know? And I think that the human level identity is the one that's kind of beat up the most, right? It's like, we we are so mean to ourselves mm-hmm. and critical and breaking cr- it yeah. down so much mm-hmm. yeah and we we're just very unkind to our human yes. selves ultimately so it's about reclaiming like wholeness through acceptance and self-compassion those are two things i talk about i think till i'm blue in the face you know self-compassion and self-acceptance are so like no one in the manifestation world ever talks about those things and it's right. critical 
absolutely critical. Oh, there's so much to, to unpack there. I want mm-hmm. to stay on identity because you broke that down so beautifully there. Yeah. It's ironic you say that because the talk I gave at a conference in November, I got the recording and I sent it to a friend who mm-hmm. was giving me some feedback because she's a talented speaker. She said, I lost you when you said you just need to love your true self or something along the lines of like, be who you really are. She mm-hmm. said, while that's a good message, she said, you leave the listener feeling a little unclear on how to do that because that's mm-hmm. such a... A big thing. Yeah. Anyway, let's discuss the third level of identity. The vortex level self. I use the word vortex because it's, you know, well known from Abraham Hicks, but basically your vortex is like the realm of potential and possibility. It's all of the place that it's the place where all of your desires sort of live <laughs> in maybe multiple different timelines that exist, just sort of in not in waiting, but just in existence until they're ready, until you're ready to bring them in to your 3D physics. Physical, right? Mm-hmm. So the vortex you is the person who is drawing those things in, right? So it's this potential you. It's this, as people would say, next level self or highest version of you. And the thing I see with that is a lot of people will really go into like perfectionism with this next level self or highest level self and they'll put a lot of pressure on on themselves to be perfect you know they think that they're supposed to be doing and get maybe even a little robotic with it like oh I can't do that or I can't think that I remember talking to multiple people coming out of this one specific manifestation program and they were so hyper vigilant of how they spoke I could see them thinking so hard about the words they were choosing and I was like whoa that sounds like I just feel the exhausted energy right like just from watching you really use your brain so hard to not say anything that's even could be potentially interpreted as negative and wow I'm just saying to myself like whoa doesn't permission feel better like doesn't yes. <laughs> like doesn't freedom to just air your thoughts feel better than like obsessive monitoring yourself which is it's just this is why I teach the way that I teach because I see it constantly this resistance that everybody's getting into in the manifestation world trying so hard it's like no 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 the point is to feel good let's let's come back to that right like let's come back to what actually allows you to feel good in your life right now constantly like believing that you have to only be a certain way and you're like you can feel the tightness in your body right away when you start to consider like oh I have to talk this way and I have to write this and I have to think this and I have to behave this way and I have to go to these places and I have to dress this way it's like ew um (laughs) like how does that yes doesn't sound exciting or attractive at all unless it's playful okay unless it's from a place of curiosity unless it's from a place of like maybe there's nervousness right maybe there's a little bit of like taboo to whatever it is you're trying on but like the way that I talk about it is you think about kids like playing dress up right or I call it the tea party energy you think about these little kids sitting around a tea party with their feather boas flappy hats big strings of pearls whatever teddy bears and they're having like these just most ridiculous conversations about what's possible and and like using their imaginations and they're just in delight they're not judging themselves for anything it's like that's the energy of play that we need to bring to our vortex level self right like so there's no problem with trying on new fashion sense like that can be really fun there's no problem with 
you know, trying to speak certain ways, if it's like playful and fun and exciting for you, not like you're shaming yourself. I call it the manifestation killer and it's lurking in so many corners of the process that nobody is pointing out. And that's the thing about shame is that it can only live in the dark. It can only live in the silence. So if it's fashion, for example, I know that's your mm-hmm. your, your big thing, right? Yes. It's like, are you telling yourself? I remember I went through a period like this where I was like, oh, well, the person I want to be doesn't dress like this. So I stopped dressing in certain ways that I actually really enjoyed. Interesting. And it kind of shut you down in a sense. Is that what happened? Yeah, I got wow. so far to the point where I was like, who looked in my closet? Like, yes. who is this person that dresses so boring? Like, what? <laughs> this right. is not me at all. And I went through a process of like reclamation there, which was really fun for me. Yeah, it was nerve wracking because it was like, oh, can I like, can I dress like this? Can I right. like, is this too much? Is this too, you know? But then you do that in different areas of your life and you're like, wow, no, this feels so much better. Of course, because you have to honor who you are in that very moment mm-hmm. versus who you're trying to be. And mm-hmm. you do talk a lot about compassion based manifestation, which I think is so brilliant and you've alluded to it. But what mm-hmm. is your definition for that and what makes it different? Well, it came from my own experience as a severe perfectionist. Ah. Like that was my coping mechanism from okay. everything that I went through as a child. Like I had quite a traumatic childhood. And so my coping mechanism was to like seek external validation Mm -hmm. you know by being perfect by getting all the good grades and being really likable and all of that stuff right so when I entered the manifestation world I started to like put the perfectionism onto my practice and I started to see all of these ways that it was making me feel not good enough yep then I was also doing my own healing work on the other side of that. Like you don't actually get the result unless you get messy, right? With personal development work. So what I ended up doing was finding things that really, really did help me. And that was the work of Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. Self-acceptance, mindful self-compassion. I sat down one day and I was like, okay, well, I'm studying manifestation from this person and that person and like here's their processes and I looked at their process and I was like what's in between these lines that's not being said you know powerful and I thought to myself what's actually helped me was it writing out my desires and visualizing them every day actually no like actually not at all right so I sat down and I was like well what's my process been here like I think the main word that I would use for how I want anyone to feel is permission. Mm -hmm. I want them to feel permission. I want them to feel they are allowed to be completely fully human because I think that manifestation really makes us feel like we have to be this like 5D self all the time. It's an image that it almost is that you have to upkeep. You lead me into one of my questions that I had. When you go through times that are a little tougher, how does that affect your manifestation process? And if you don't mind diving into it, I know you recently Mm -hmm. lost your mother, which I'm Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry for. And I've seen your journey through your stories and you allow yourself to show up the ways that you're feeling and feel it now how has that been for you especially with like as a human going through that and then also as someone with the tools do you ever find sometimes you're just like screw it I just need to feel the way I need to feel and I'm not worrying about like how I can get myself out of this feeling like does that really resonate for you and then in what moments are you like okay I can recognize that I can try to shift something here how does that Mm -hmm. work for you so the way that I see this that I used 
to be in a space where I'd be in a bad mood or whatever and mm-hmm. be like, ugh, mad at myself. Mad, being mad at myself for being in a bad mood, right? Because right. I'm like, oh, I should have the tools to get out of this. And then I came to a point where I've realized like that's actually kind of toxic positivity. Sure. You know? Yes, absolutely it is. Yeah. So it's a matter of recognizing the power in mm-hmm. actually sitting in difficulty and knowing that it's meant to teach you something as uncomfortable as it freaking is. And that, I believe, comes down to an issue of self-trust. And Mm. self-trust is something that I also really talk about in my program because if you trust yourself and you will be able to give yourself that permission to stay in your feelings because you will know that you will come out of it. You can rely on yourself to take you to where you want to go. You know, I've journaled more in the last month than I probably have in like the last year, you know? Wow. Yes, I I am using my tools. Yes, I am. But I'm also not judging, A, my emotions. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in it, right? Yeah. Like, I don't... It's not enjoyable. Right. I mean, I'd rather be out of it. It's not like I'm in this blissful state of sadness. Like, right, right. That's sucks. unrealistic. Yes. It sucks, right? But I'm also like, okay, well, you know, the only way out here is through and... I'm also not going to judge my coping mechanisms either. Like I call myself the queen of good enough. Yeah, I'm going to have a few two glasses of many glasses of wine sometimes. And yeah, I'm going to, you know, this is something huge that I've learned personally in this last year was not to judge my coping mechanisms because I was so harsh about that before. Like, oh, why do you still revert back to doing this? Like you should be able to, you know, find a healthier way to deal with this. I do have a tendency towards very easy nervous system dysregulation, right? So Mm -hmm. focusing on resourcing myself, tending to my nervous system well before I'm triggered. Sure, yes. So that my nervous system has a baseline of, you know, calmness to be able to have a larger capacity to withstand the stress when it does come, right? Yeah. I, again, it's self-trust here. I get to the moments where I have a coping mechanism come up that's maybe not the healthiest. And I'm like, there's no point in the moment to judge yourself for it. It might happen. like, But that thought alone gives you evidence mm-hmm. that you are moving in the right direction. And it goes back to the compassion that you speak of. Like mm-hmm. you have to have compassion in those moments. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It reminds me of I've become a really ritualistic person, especially with routines, restrictive diets over the years. And I'm only sort of now starting to realize that it's something I perhaps was hiding behind and that it was something I could control or something that would make me feel good. And now like slowly treating myself to something here and there, it's coming from a place of like just be human like just feel the way you want to feel and Mm -hmm. I can imagine in tougher moments it's important to give yourself that grace so that you're not criticizing yourself as you just brilliantly kind of laid out there I also call it the compassionate witness and the compassionate awareness Mm -hmm. so first is compassionate awareness it's like where you actually have the ability to recognize the behavior and the compassionate witness is like okay well I'm gonna watch myself and see how this plays out right yeah and then comes in like the radical honesty where you you say to yourself okay well you've kind of been playing this out a bit too much here Mm -hmm. and you don't feel good how do you want to feel do you have the trust in yourself a to be honest with yourself to say you're not really living in integrity here so what do you need to shift the most self-compassionate question you could possibly ask is what do i need wow what what do i need yes as simple as that 
to repurpose where you need to go. Exactly. You need to be able to recognize your own needs. All of it comes back to de-shaming. Let's just give permission and then go back to that compassionate awareness, compassionate witness, radical honesty, self-trust, move forward. Speaking on the lines of de-shaming, I think something that is so interesting that I love about the work you do, you ran a beautiful VIP day for your clients at the Ritz Carlton. Mm -hmm. You had yoga, you ran this retreat. And I Mm -hmm. think there's something so beautiful in just when people own that like you're also allowed to like nice things in life i think a lot of times you're we can feel demonized for just wanting to enjoy a nice experience mm-hmm. and i saw from that through your stories and how happy your group looked it just looked incredible and so how was that day and how does your appreciation for just nice things in life how does that make you feel like for me yeah. I, I also like nice things like i yeah. i you know i don't want to be on the golf course i want to be at the ritz at, in the spa <laughs> relaxing like so yeah. I love that you brought that in for your clients. And how was that? Yeah, it was incredible. And like for a long time, luxury has sort of been one of my brand pillars, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because now that I'm in a different phase of life, I'm actually kind of moving back towards more like organic, natural, you know, country nature roots that I Beautiful. that I've kind of abandoned for for a long time but yeah. I was thinking to myself like I've been spending a lot of time in the woods lately yeah going for walks almost every day and then yesterday I actually treated a client to an incredible lunch at this beautiful restaurant downtown called Chateau Mate and then we went to the Ritz for coffee cool. and you know and then we went to the St. Regis for a glass of wine <laughs> like it was you know that's lovely she, she goes to me is this a thing in Toronto like people just hotel hop and I was like no it's just my thing right (laughs) this is Millie's world (laughs) this is what I enjoy and it's not to say that I'm like doing that all the time because I said to I actually said to her I was like you know I don't want luxury all day every day because I really think it does remove you from the human experience in some ways is it nice yeah is it lovely yes Yes. did I have to spend a lot of time giving myself permission to to get to the place that I am absolutely like I did not from a life like this like mm-hmm. very blue collar Kleenex and paper towel were luxuries you know we we, we didn't have it like to, yes. if you need to blow your nose go get some toilet paper if you need to wipe something up get a rag yes. you know it was not like the life that I currently live now and I'm very grateful for how far I've come of course not to say I had a, a deprived childhood in any way mm-hmm. in that sense like we had a very full full of camping and hiking and yes. you know playing in the dirt and climbing trees and going in the creek like beautiful experiences in that sense yeah like my childhood was very wonderful in that sense but the way that I see luxury is like it's it's a matter of abundance and Mm -hmm. permission to receive the abundance right like I don't see anything inherently wrong with luxury just like I said about you know the wine or you know it's it's all about how it's used of course I don't even think there's anything wrong with people who do want to live in luxury all the time it's a matter of preference and then watch yourself like watch the stories that you're telling about the people who do or the people who don't right like I was talking to a man not too long ago and you know he said something about pickup trucks and I was like oh do you have a pickup truck and he was like, oh, well, I'm not a savage. And I was like, oh, wow. whoa, oh, my goodness. Like, Where's this coming from? Jeez. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> 
touchy. Okay, right? <laughs> right. Unexpected. <laughs> and he's like very well-to-do and whatever. And I was like, ah, see, that's why people who yes. are like well-to-do get bad reputations because of this yeah. like judgment, which goes both ways. Like, let's be very mm-hmm. real about that. Like people who are blue collar, they really judge people who have money and, and vice versa. And it's like, again, comes back to shame. <laughs> like, right. There's something wrong with you if you're like this. There's something wrong with you if you're like that. I just want people to live like fully expressed lives where they have mm-hmm. full permission to enjoy what they want to enjoy. The pendulum's always going to swing. We're always going to kind of like go a little too far this way yep. or a little too far that way. But bringing yourself back into the middle with integrity and self-trust, radical self-honesty, am I taking this a bit too far? right? That's beautiful. That's such incredible thoughts and and learnings here. And Millie, I want to rapid fire a few questions on you. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Nothing too intense, but you've been an entrepreneur for a good part of your life. Like you're very Mm -hmm. successful at it and you've been at it. What would you give advice to your younger self or someone recently going into the entrepreneurship world? It's going to be way more trial and error than you think. Mm -hmm. There is no magic solution you just have to keep at it like you just have to keep persevering and make sure that what you're doing i would say the first piece of advice for any entrepreneur and i've had to check my clients on this multiple times because they'll come come at me with these ideas and i'm like do you have the passion for that wow Like, do you actually have because you're gonna need to draw on those reserves of passion to get through to be able to put in the amount of work that you're going to need to do to see this through to a point where you're proud of it, you know? Yes. Um, Because if you don't, like you need to have a why you need to, and your why needs to be tied to what you do. Like it's, it's so integral because otherwise you'll give up. And and I did, I did that personally with my first several different entrepreneurial ventures because I just didn't have the passion. Like I did personal training. I was a nutritionist and Even I had a baby carrier business also. So I have been an entrepreneur in several different iterations for a very long time. But with all of those things, it was not my passion. You know, my passion was to succeed. Okay, that's not enough. You need to have a why. What's the driving purpose for that passion? And so for me, it was what I do now, right? Like I I didn't give myself permission to do what I'm doing now because I said to myself, oh, you're too young. Like you don't have enough life experience to be teaching people about how to live their lives. Because I was, you know, maybe 20, 22, you know, coming out of university. And I was like, you can't really be a life coach. Like who's going to take you seriously? Which I mean, was somewhat of a limiting belief, but I also believe every everything happens in the timing that it's meant to happen and you know coming back to it at 30 was a much better sure. point for me because I'd done a lot more personal growth work and learned enough to be able to really give advice that I felt very very sound on yes yes that's fantastic I love what you highlighted there mm-hmm. okay what are three things in your closet you can't currently live without oh fashion wise yes okay well I wear a lot of, well, coming into warmer weather now, so it's going to be bike shorts for sure. Classic, of course. Absolutely, my bike shorts. Yep. And look, my uniform is usually, you know, my sneakers. Yes. My bike shorts and then some sort of like baggy 
top situation and a and a nice little ball cap so like oh, that's, i love it i know that's four items but that's <laughs> kind of my can't live without situation we'll take it it's the summer uniform i love it that means we're at a good time of the year you can embrace yeah. living in that have you ever received any style advice that you've <clears throat> loved whether it's like for fashion or looks or something that made you feel confident have has anyone told you anything that's you've hung on to or is there any advice you would give someone else well i think it's like marie kondo like <laughs> it has to bring you joy I think that's the major thing right like if you just see an item that just you get you just get that sparkle when you see it you know you're like oh this is awesome like you know don't talk yourself out of it right like I used to do that all the time when I was in that phase of like based on who I thought I wanted to be Mm -hmm. like I thought professional meant like kind of boring which is so wrong but I now when I see something that lights me up whether it's like an entire outfit of sequins or like a really bold print or whatever I'm just like okay I don't care how impractical this is I'm gonna find a way to wear that and even if it just sits in my closet and I get to smile at it every time I see it like that piece of you know advice kind of tops it for me I love that you just shared that because I just received a package in the mail um, that I ordered and it was a Mugler and H&M collaboration line and I ordered a few things and I was with the intent of sending them back. Two out of the three things I want to keep but it's exactly like you kind of said it's like I'm not going to wear it day to day I'm probably going to look in my closet and just be happy it's there it'll bring me joy and then like that Mm -hmm. one event or something that I can actually wear it it will make me so happy. But Mm -hmm. part of me is just like, let's be realistic. Get rid of it. You don't need it. And I'm going to take this as a sign. Millie's telling me to keep it. (laughs) Well, it's like a piece of art almost, right? Like in my, in my office, in my previous house, I had this just little gold clothing rack in my office that I put like my five favorite brightly Mm -hmm. colored outfits on just so I could see them more often, just so they weren't like stuck in my closet. And I thought they were like a really pretty sort of like backdrop for when I would do videos and stuff. And I just loved having them out. Like like I mentioned my fully sequined pink outfit, you know, bright yellow dress, like just things that brought me joy. Just, you know, it's like art. Millie, before we wrap up, I want the listeners to know where to find you. Everything's going to be linked in the notes, but where are you? What's Mm -hmm. your mission? I know I captured it a little bit in the beginning, but give us like Mm -hmm. a 30 second wrap up on where to find you and who you are trying to call in. Yeah, come and find me on Instagram. Like you did mention, I'm on other platforms, but the majority of the time I spend on Instagram, I'm so open to the DMs. Like just, I'm a human, talk to me. Love it. And my mission right now is to help women arrive. And what I mean by that is to get off the self-help hamster wheel, mm-hmm. to get off this like manifestation roller coaster and arrive. Actually going to be launching a brand new mastermind coming up soon called Grown. And the inspiration for it is for the woman who's ready to arrive because we've been doing so much growth work. Now I want you to realize that you've grown and you're here and you get to enjoy now and you get to be her now and you get to do it all with the maximum amount of permission and compassion 
uh, possible. That's fantastic. Everyone follow Millie along on Instagram. She is worth a follow. I will tell you, I love seeing your content. You know how Instagram serves you like your most favorite people and your stories. Like you're always in the top corner for me. (laughs) I love it. Millie, thank you for being here and for joining me on the Anton podcast. What an incredible last little bit it's been. We could talk for hours, truthfully. Mm -hmm. I have so much admiration for the work you're doing and just keep at it. You are such a ball of incredible energy. So thank you for joining this podcast and sharing that with the listeners. Oh, thank you, Anthony. So grateful to have been here. Isn't Millie so fantastic? If you are listening to this on the day it was released, which would be Wednesday, June 7th, Thursday, June 8th, tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time, we are going live on Instagram to break down a little bit more about the interview and chat about some highlights. And I think some highlights for me, though, are the different identities of self that Millie identified. And that Vortex one is one that I think throws people and gets them caught up and like I'm not into manifestation because it's a bunch of woo-woo but when you look at the vortex as she described it it's just your future self or the capability that you have within you already if you really think about all the different motivational speakers you hear all of the different modalities and coaching or manifesting or counseling or any of that sort it's always about your future self so don't let words like that throw you off because I love how simply put Millie said it is that it's really just the future you. Millie, thank you so much for joining the podcast and being my first guest. It was so great. And make sure you all join us tomorrow on Instagram Live at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Thursday, June the 8th. Okay, to wrap up this episode, this is your authenticity hack. Okay, this is going to be a quick one, but very effective and something that I love to use. Speaking of the vortex self, your future self, if you're facing a problem or situation right now, think how would my future self handle this? How would the most successful version of myself handle this? How would the most real version of myself handle this? So let me give you an example. When I first started this entrepreneurship journey more seriously last fall, my calendar was just kind of a mess. I would loosely schedule things in when they would pop up or write it down, not really add it to my Google calendar. And I was just kind of all over the place. I was getting confused. I was not missing meetings, but just like not being as prepared as I could have been. And this question was posed to me, what would the future you who has many more things booked on their calendar, how would they handle that? And And that was such a quick reframe for me to realize, okay, the future me would have everything laid out in a calendar, even the things that are just me time, creating social media posts, having some downtime, focusing on having healthy meals, all of that stuff. And so while I'm still a work in progress in this facet, this is just a quick example of how my future self, who is further along in their journey, their calendar would be nice and organized so that when someone says, hey, can I meet with you on this date? I would be able to give certain windows on when I'm free, or I would have everything mapped out perfectly. So how would your future self handle your morning routine, handle your evening routine, handle their workouts, handle what they're eating? Picture the version of yourself that has the family, the relationships, the jobs, the careers, the business, whatever it is of their dreams. How would they behave? Get into that act of behaving that way now. And that goes so beautifully on the theme of manifestation. I didn't even plan this. When you're trying to manifest, you should be so focused on getting into that frame of mind of already having it. So behave the ways that you want to behave in the future now. Get into that mindset of the future winning self. It'll be super powerful. That is all that I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed my first guest interview and I can't wait to see you again in two weeks on the Anton podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Anton podcast hosted by me, Anthony Tamiza, where we elevate all things authentic, available wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to hit the subscribe or follow button to catch new episodes which release every other Wednesday. If you liked this episode and you're listening on Spotify, 
leave a rating. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and a review. Keep in touch by following along on Instagram at the Anton Podcast and at Anthony Tamiza. For more information on me, visit anthonytamiza.com where you can sign up for my newsletter and stay connected. Don't forget to read the show notes for more information. Ciao for now. Mm-hmm.